Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, September 5th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 25, the third paragraph, beginning with, if you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, and reading through, and were willing to make the effort, on page 26. Today's readers are Judith S.P. and the 12 Steps, R.W. the 12 Traditions, and our big book readers are Shanna C. the Text, Jack W. on page 164, and Judith S.P. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Tamara C., and our second hour moderator is Roz G. The share ID for Sunday, September 4th, 2022 is 19,366. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Our fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Judith S.P. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. My name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. Thank you, Rick, for your service. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, <clears throat> excuse me, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, 
getting us going with the steps, Judith. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. One, our common welfare, Barb W., Illinois, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service. All right. Thank you, Barb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 25, the third paragraph, beginning with, if you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, and reading through, and were willing to make the effort, on page 26, I will now ask Santa C. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Shanna C. from Tennessee, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to be of service this morning. Okay, uh, if you are honest, if you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we had passed into the region for which there is no return through human aid, <clears throat> we have but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out our, the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could and the other to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. 
Uh, again, I'm Shanna C., a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. This paragraph is everything to me. Um, it's at the heart of my, my, my particular journey. Um, I had tried everything and when it, you know, when it comes to human power that I could think of that I could muster up, uh, you know, we've heard it all, you know, the diets, the, the starving, the laxatives, the, the binging, the purging, the, the saying to heck with it, I'm going to eat what I want, trying to accept my body the way that it is, trying, uh, paid thousands of dollars for human aid <clears throat> and could not figure out why I couldn't leave food alone you know and I was in 12-step recovery uh, for a long time before getting recovered in LA and I honestly believed that for whatever reason and I'd prayed for this food issue weight issue self-esteem issue whatever that I thought it was at the time for years I you know and I would go to people in that program because you know we living in 10 11 and 12 you know, we, we discuss this stuff whenever there's resentment, fear, whatever. And I definitely had fear and resentment and all kinds of things associated with food and weight. And I would go to those people and they'd be like, you know, thank God you're not using this other substance. Or just keep at it and you're just going to be what God wants you to be. And so I'd accepted that I'm going to be more useful in this other program that for whatever reason, I'm just going to have to deal with this food thing like everybody else. Um, and, but in the back of my mind, I was sitting there actually thinking, you know, the people that have these food issues are just being way too dramatic. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm ashamed to say that. I had no idea until food and this disease had actually beat me into a state of reasonableness to where I saw there was absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing, no matter how hard I worked spiritually, even through the steps. Until I had faced the fact that I'm a compulsive over ear, and there was absolutely nothing, nothing that could be done to change this other than God or spiritual. I mean, something beyond me had to remove this problem for me. Until I got to that point, there was nothing I could do. But I did get to that point, thank God. And I believe he did hear my prayers all those years prior. It just didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to or how others maybe thought it was going to. But anyway begged God for help and God gave me a way to live without having to compulsively overeat. And that and the directions on doing that have been given to me in this book. Um, thank God I was able to find a sponsor who's able to guide me. I was able to put down those alcoholic foods, those foods that once I start eating, I can't stop and I can't stop thinking about when I'm not eating them. Um, I've been given, you know, a food, a, a way of eating that, that nourishes and that's symbolic of the way of life that I've been given that nourishes. Gentle reminder. Straight. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you guys being here for me that day that I surrendered. And um, that's all I have. All right. Thank you for getting us started, Shanna. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Barbara Larry D. Kay. from Connecticut. Linda D. Okay. All right. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> 
So this is who I've got. Barbara E, Larry K, Linda D. Who else? Rachel K. Okay, Rachel. Melissa. L. Who was that with the last initial L? I just heard a name, last initial L, but I didn't get the first name. Yvette L. Yvette? Yvette? Yeah. Okay. All right, Melissa gotcha, Yvette. Uh, what was that last one, sorry? Melissa S. Melissa S. Okay. All righty. Is there anybody else? I think we're about ready to wrap up this first group. If anybody else wants to jump on, I'll take another name. All right. Sounds good. This is who I've got. Barbara E., Larry K., Linda D., Rachel K., Yvette L., and Melissa S. If I got your name wrong, I apologize. You can correct me when you introduce yourself. Um, also, please include the state you're from. Uh, Barbara E., you're up first, followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. of Volume, and I do mean Volume, Compulsive Overeater from the state of New Jersey. Well, I've thrown a lot of money at all kinds of weight programs. I've thrown a lot of money had psychologists and psychiatrists, and they were very good, and I'm not disparaging, but they couldn't help a person like me. So when I came into Overeaters Anonymous, and, I, and this was quite a while ago, and I saw the faces, and I heard the happiness, and the fact that they had recovered, and they found a solution to their problem, I said, well, maybe this could work for me. But I'm an ag agnostic, so would I fit in? Because I keep hearing them talking about God and higher power. So I was so glad on Friday to listen and hear when uh, Appendix 2 was written. So for those who believe in God, like others, there are several reasons to include something that will appeal to someone like me because it's important to carry the message. And I was told by a member at the group that I went to back in the 90s that the hoop I'd have to jump through to belong to this program was very wide and inclusive and didn't exclude anyone who really wanted to lose the weight and keep it off and live a happier and less self-centered, other-oriented life. And they said, Barbara, if you need, if you want to stop and you can't stop when you want to, that's insane. You're not insane, but that's an insane reason to keep on eating. So the physical aspect and the consequences of my always going back to the foods that would kill me and my lack of my power that could solve my problem, well, maybe this book had the solution. So they said, don't let your contempt before investigation stand in the way. 
there were many face-to-face -face meetings and I saw the faces and I saw their eyes and I heard the words they said and I believed. And if this book really works and the program and the theory that suggested, I better think out of the box and give this higher power idea a chance and set aside my prejudice and make a decision to listen because after all, they offered me a solution and I never found one. Thank you. So I'm grateful for this book. I'm grateful for the fellowship. I'm grateful for the program, the tools, the steps for everyone. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Larry Kay, you're up next, brother, followed by Linda D. Go ahead, Larry. Hi, Rick. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, I I uh, I don't know about you, but I I like simplicity. Um, and you know, and 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 I got that at some point. You know, there's it says here there is no middle of the road solution. And I like when I heard that there are two doors. Door number one, disease, more food. I know that door very well. I've walked through that door most of my life. And I like the visual of that. Door number two is recovery, spiritual recovery found in the 12 steps. And page 44 in the big book, it gives, you know, again, two choices, to be doomed to an alcoholic death, more food, or door number two, live on a spiritual basis. So either I'm going to pocket my pride and submit myself to this spiritual process, the steps, this transformation that I hope will come about, or I'm going to remain tethered to the food. That's pretty simple. And how it works, it, it tells us, you know, we read it all the time, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not, right? And the paragraph also mentions effort. You know, an animal needs movement. Mammals need movement. And young mammals, in particular, they need movement. They need play. And it's uh, no problem there. But the trouble begins with effort. See, effort comes with a psychological cost, you know, an, an exertion that entails pain and potential suffering. And these are states that we are motivated as animals to avoid. And I wish I could tell you that working the steps is going to be like a, like a process where you're ro rolling the rock down the hill. But the truth is, in my experience, it often feels like rolling the rock uphill. And, and that's painful. And it's like I, I'm staring at this heavy rock and it's got my name on it. There it is. I'm looking at it. And I'm looking around at other folks, some who are sweating as they're, you know, they got their rock in front of them with their name on it. And they're struggling and they're pushing their rock uphill. And, and don't tell me that I have to push my rock for a lifetime. See, I want the magical pixie dust solution. I want to be sprinkled with that magical dust that renders me immediately transformed, no effort necessary. And sorry, it just doesn't exist. Here's the dust of the spirit, honesty, openness, and our willingness, which is going to be demonstrated by work. My willingness is, demonst is a demonstration of my work. That's what's in my dust, honesty, openness, and the work for a lifetime. 
And I'm grateful for that way of life. We get uh, contact with God. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. And impeccable timing. Thanks so much, Larry. Linda D., you're uh, next, followed by Rachel Kay. Go ahead, Linda. Can you hear me? It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I can hear you there, sister. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that outreach call and the other folks that have made that. I'm Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm recovered but not cured. Larry just said absolutely everything, everything, everything. I came to lose weight like everybody or gain it, if if that's appropriate way to say it. But I never knew the work involved. I am so grateful to be exactly where I am, and it's painful. Oh, my goodness. But if I didn't have God as the source of my uh, power, I'd be dead. And I'd be so grateful to be dead. But I'm grateful to be alive and to do the work, oh, and it's painful, uh, that I have to go through now. This program is the most wonderful thing that ever happened to me because I found God. I came because I was fat to lose weight, and I found God. And it is a continual amount (laughs) of pushing the damn rock away, you know, to do the work of dealing with it. And it's a challenge, and I thank the people. And you know who you are who've reached out and said, well, you know, do you know you have an infection? No, I didn't. What that means and what that's doing to your head, you know, you're thinking, I didn't. You saved my life as a young mother. I'm just so grateful to my friends that stick with me. And I just love being back at this meeting. I thrive on it. I love OA. And I was 38 years old before I found it. Oh, what a difference. I love God, and I love you guys. Thank you. I pass. Uh, thank you so much, Linda. Rachel Kay, you're up next, followed by Yvette L. Go ahead, Rachel. Thank you, Rick. Um, this is Rachel Kay, from, formerly from California, now from Indiana. And um, actually, Larry and Linda said, said it better than I can, but I'll try to add what I can, that when this talks about, and we're willing to make the effort, it, it says, this passage talks about accepting spiritual help. Well, that sounds passive. You know, it's accepting. Oh, I just sit there and let it come to me, accepting. It sounds like such a passive verb, but in reality, that's pretty deceptive because, you know, when I say accept the things I cannot change or accept spiritual help, that actually involves action on my part. Um, it involves, you know, accepting spiritual help means, you know, using my willpower, which is no good against the food, but which I have and which works great for footwork. It works great for reaching out and saying, help me, you know, help me for the next 24 hours, um, not, you know, indulge in this character defect or indulge in this food or, or do such and such, I'm committing, you know, help me 
do this because I believe that while humans are, you know, fallible and, and God is infallible, you know, God uses humans in my life to help me to carry that message. And, and hopefully God can use me too to do the same for others. So it took me a long time to realize that accepting and surrendering are actually, you know, active verbs that I got to do stuff. I can't sit on my butt and wait for it to happen, you know, and, and the, the, the surrender of my mind and my heart might be something that I can't necessarily control, but I have legs and I can do footwork and help bring about that change um, by, by making calls, by working the steps, by writing, by praying, by doing all sorts of things which are spiritual acts in and of themselves, putting my food on the scale, you know, that is a spiritual action. That is an act of surrender. Even though, you know, it feels like I'm doing something, I'm really surrendering something. I'm throwing up my hands and saying, I, I don't know what, you know, even though I have all this knowledge in my head about what I should and shouldn't eat, I really don't know because left to my own devices, I'll eat everything and anything in all quantities. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a, a great Labor Day and I pass. Uh, thank you so much, Rachel. Yvette L., you're up next, followed by Melissa S. Go ahead, Yvette. Uh, good morning. My name's Yvette L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Connecticut. Um, and powerful uh, paragraph, as uh, others have, have already shared. shared. Um, no middle-of-the-road solution. Um, you know, I had been in these rooms for decades um, with pretty much no uh, real true recovery um, because um, I was all about the, the middle of the road solution, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but, you know, it says no middle of the road solution. Um, and, and until I fully surrendered, until I realized that I was out of ideas, finally, it just took me a long time to get there. Um, when I realized that on my own with the way that my brain is wired, I'm screwed. Um, so I needed a solution um, that did not involve, you know, that, that brain in my head. Um, and this solution um, is not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not convenient. And I do share that honestly with uh, sponsees that, you know, this program works. But if you're looking for, you know, easy, comfortable, and convenient, this is not the way of life. Um, you know, and, and I do have to choose this way of life. Um, it says I have to accept spiritual help. Um, it doesn't say spiritual help is going to be shoved down my throat. Um, I have to accept the gift from that power greater than myself. Um, and I have to do it honestly, and I have to be willing. Um, and I was, you know, at that point after, you know, a couple of decades of trying it my way and getting nowhere, um, I was willing and I was desperate. And when I reread this book, um, thank God my sponsor suggested to buy a new one you know, that didn't have all my notes and underlines, um, I could read it with a fresh set of eyes. Um, and the directions are clear. Um, they are clear. And when I did what it actually said to do, and not Yvette's version of what it said to do, when I 
did what it said. Um, I got what it said I was going to get. And um, I'm just so grateful uh, for the life that I have, the imperfect uh, life that I have that uh, is is guided by God, um, you know, as best as I can being the human that I am. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Yvette. Melissa S., you're up next, and we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Melissa. From Nashville, Tennessee. Can you hear me? Hello, this is Melissa S., Nashville, Tennessee. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yep, I got you, Melissa. Oh, okay, good. Um, well, good morning, everybody. Um, what a powerful paragraph. I um, am sharing to be known because, like it says, in the middle of the road solution, um, like I've heard said, come all the way in and sit all the way down. Um, what this is reminding me of is this phrase I've heard that choose your hard, things being hard, it's not the choice, <laughs> but which kind of hard do I want, the hard that leads to life or the hard that leads to death. Um, it's very hard to be um, battling the food and battling hatred towards my body and, you know, wrestling this beast. Um, what comes to mind is that we ceased fighting anything or anybody. I was fighting this disease. I was just thinking I could wrestle it into submission. And I had to get to that bitter end. I had to get to the total end of myself and my resources. And I couldn't do that on my own. It was a gift from God, that bottom I reached when I was finally ready to let it go and to stop fighting it. And once I did that, I was able to, you know, have a chance to walk through that door. But at this point, I was imagining those two doors and I was picturing Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, right? When, you know, the tornado was flying around and papers in the air. And those things for me are like my life and my responsibilities and things like that. And it's like I'm being blown by the wind of life, but trying to reach that door to walk through um, to choose God and the hard things. And I'm distracted by life and then it came to my mind like that we can't rest satisfaction out of managing well we have to give it to god and then the last story i'll share is about um this story i heard from a speaker once that talked about her sponsee was saying oh i have this to do and that to do and this to do and her sponsor said are you trying to get your ducks in a row and um she said well yeah and then the sponsor said um, you don't have any ducks anymore. You gave all of them to God when you took step three. And then she came back to the meeting the next day and brought her this little rubber ducky and told her, here's your one duck. This is your recovery duck. If you, this is the only one you get to take care of. If you focus on this duck, then all the other ones will be put in a row by God. And to me, that reminds me of this no middle of the road solution that I need to put my recovery first and focus on that and work hard at that. I know it definitely is not easy. It's hard, but I want to choose the hard that leads to life. And like I read in the story last night in the back of the book, that whatever I put, when I put my recovery first, everything that's second becomes first rate. And that's what I needed to hear today. And um, thank you all. That's all. Thank you, Melissa. All right. Before we continue with our second group of names, 
We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 25, the third paragraph, beginning with, if you are seriously alcoholic as we were, and reading through, and we're willing to make the effort, on page 26. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Roz G. Okay, Roz. Sarah L. Sarah L. Anyone else? You guys are taking it real easy on me today. Sheila C. Priscilla H. Shara C. Priscilla H. Rona D. Rona D. Okay, who else? PP. Got you, Pete. All right, we'll hold off right there, and if we have any more time, we'll get some more names. This is who I've got. Roz G, Tara L, Shara C, Priscilla H, Rona D, and Pete B. And again, if I got your name wrong, just correct me when you introduce yourself. Please include your state. Roz G, you're up first, followed by Tara L. Go ahead, Roz. All righty. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> My name is Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. And everybody, you know, has shared uh, shared really through this paragraph. So there's nothing really new that I'm going to say. But I just, what I'll do is I'll kind of take the, par- the, the sentences and really just relate them to me and my life. And, um, you know, um, there are some things in my life that I can that I can kind of sit on the fence with. Oops, I think somebody's unmuted. <laughs> anyway, um, there are some things in my life that I can that I can kind of sit on the fence with and and have a balance with uh, yin or yang. <laughs> but with this um, no middle of the road solution, there's you know there's just no middle of the road here. I can't sit on the fence in OA. I can't sit back. I have to be in, in, I have to jump in and, and, and be willing. And like when, it, you know, I'm at page 26, willing to make the effort. My goodness. I, you know, my program is, is an everyday deal. You know, I get up very early in the morning to listen to these meetings and volunteer to to work you know to be of service on them to have enough time in the program and enough do enough work so that I can you know be involved by you know moderating or reading the steps or being a big book reader or you know every morning mailing uh, emailing my food to 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 this lady you know a food lady that I email my food to every day it you know I I really get sick of doing that but if I don't do that I'll do whatever the heck I want to do with the food. So I'm honest about my food. And then sometimes I change it, so I let her know. You know, some of you may not do that, but I've learned through too many mistakes, through too many middle of the roads, that that doesn't work for me. 
you know, and life was impossible. Like, you know, it sucked. I had to, I, I was doing diets like you guys, pills, all kinds of pills that just made me, made my head crazy. I couldn't sleep when I was taking those pills and over exercising, which led to injuring my body and having two surgeries and having all this recovery time where I was off work and lost money. It sucked, but, you know, I, I did a lot of OA at that time, but the truth was, was I was recovering from the surgery. And, um, you know, the spiritual help that I had to accept was to really define God for me, you know, and to, to, to even with people, you know, I thought I was so religious and that I knew so much about God and stuff, but I really didn't. And to listen to people who had other ideas and to have a set-aside prayer and to ask God to set aside everything I think I know, my know-it-allism, you know? Good so while I'm just Okay, I'll just say that that's how I relate to this paragraph today. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Roz. Dara L., you're up next, followed by Shara C. Go ahead, Dara. Oh, great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. And, um, yeah, so much has been said about this paragraph that's really beautiful. I um, was thinking about how, you know, what I might have needed to hear if I was in relapse or if I was a newcomer in these in these um, rooms listening to all these people who sound so evolved, you know. And I was thinking about when I first crawled back into these meetings and um, and I knew at that point that there was no middle of the road solution, but my my secret aspiration or not so secret aspiration, I was desperately suicidal and I thought life was unworth living, but I had gained 30 pounds in my most recent relapse and I thought, you know, I can't be fat in my casket. So I'm going to come here, I'm going to lose 30 pounds and then I can kill myself. And so that was you know, where I began. And my mind was so riddled. It was just, you know, I, I had so many um, feelings of ambivalence, you know, but I did the work anyway. And I didn't honestly, with every fiber of my being, want to do any of this stuff. But I really believe that feelings are irrelevant at the beginning of recovery and ideas are irrelevant. And often I think, you know, it's a sign of it's a sign of the progression of the disease and someone like me to come into this work, like in a very ambivalent place. And so sometimes I can read paragraphs like this and I can think like, Oh God, like if I honestly want to do this stuff, well, I, you know, only 51% of me honestly wants to do it. So maybe I'll just wait, you know, until I'm a hundred percent aligned. But from my perspective, that was never possible. You know, when I was in the disease, I couldn't actually want to do this stuff, but I could do it. I could do it regardless of how I felt on the inside. I could do it regardless of how sick I was, how unmanageable my internal and external life was, you know, how much I hated people. Like I hated people who helped me. I would come on these meetings and people would be well, like saying like, good morning in the, in the, in the morning. And I'd be like, ask them, like, why it's not a good morning. Life sucks. And then you die. You know, like that's how I came to this work was just so broken, shattered on the inside, no ability to let the light and love of God in, no ability, you know, people would sponsor me, you know, and I'd be like defensive, like, why does my sponsor want me to send her my ingredients that I'm eating? Like, you know, doesn't this lady have better things to do? You know, I mean, my, my brain was like, it was so shot through with the disease. Every fiber of my being was aligned with the addiction. And so I think sometimes, um, 
it's helpful for me to think about that, right? That like I, I there is no middle of the road solution. I do need to be honest and I need to be willing to go to any length. But that doesn't mean that my disease is gonna let me want to do any of it. And even in recovery, you know, I have to do hard things, but I think more often than not my will is aligned with God's will today. And so I have some hope, you know, I have more hope than I did when I first came in here. And um, I, I was really hopeless. I was really broken. And, um, you know, and so I just would, yeah, thank you so much. So just for anyone who doesn't feel it, it's okay to do it and not feel it. The results, the, the results show up, I think, regardless of, of what we come to this and the state with which we come to this work. So anyways, thanks so much um, for your service. And I'll pass. Thank you, Dara. Shara C., I think that's right. Uh, you're up next, followed by Priscilla H. Thank you. This is, um, it's Sheila, actually, but this is Sheila C. Thank you for your service, and thanks, everyone, for service and being here and sharing. Um, so, so grateful to be grateful, compulsive overeater. And my channel is clear at this moment. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, and I really appreciate the reading. Clarity is key for me. The, just the simplicity. Door number one, door number two. You know, that, that very simple choice. And yes, with food, with my addiction, do I want to continue with that? Or do I want to pick up the spiritual tools? Um, and that's a choice. With everything, every moment of my day, I have that choice, and I and I have an indicator. You know, when maybe I'm I'm veering off door number one. You know, it's disturbance. It's it's fighting. Yeah, for me, it's like if it's hard, I've picked up the fighting again. I said, oh wow, this feels like God's will for me, but I don't want to do it. And the beautiful thing is, my higher power is right here. God is everything or nothing. God is right here, always, always responsive, always here. And I can ask, oh, this is so hard. I, I'm thinking this is your will. Please help me. Please increase my desire or decrease. Please show me. I can ask God for an intuitive thought or decision and then relax. Take it easy. I can pick up, the, I can make a phone call and get on a meeting. I can meditate. That's one of the... <laughs> One of the most powerful in the mind. Wait after that prayer, you know. So huge for me. In um, and I'm just so grateful for my abstinence, not um, being distracted, because that 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 was my that was my answer to all of what I just said. You know, when it got too hard, okay, this I'm going to pick this up. Gentle reminder. And. Thank you. Thank I'm you. sorry. No, anyway. you have another minute. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. So, and and the, the denial of the disease, it told me that, that that was the best answer in that moment, right? It was like, this is, all right, that other way is too hard. This is, this is the way. Such a big, fat lie. So I'm just so grateful. Without OA, I am not absent. This is where I can receive the grace of God. And um, my freedom and my, I got the best shot at hearing my higher power. I'm going away for a few days and I'm very excited for um, this vacation, but I have a plan. 
I have my duck. <laughs> you know, I have a plan for my food, for my program. Um, so I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you guys for being here. I passed. Thank you so much, Sheila. Priscilla H., you're up next, followed by Rona D. Go ahead, Priscilla. Hi, thanks. I'm Priscilla H., grateful to be physically recovered, mentally and emotionally recovering, but never cured from this disease. And um, the thing that jumps out at me today and last week also is the thing about no return through human aid. And last week uh, in a a recent paragraph, beyond human aid. Well, to me, that's that's a paradox. That's a that's what I think of as the great paradox, because Chapter Seven is all about working with others. We're supposed to help others, and Step Twelve also says we're supposed to help others. That's the that's the ultimate step, uh, and practice these principles in all our affairs. So how can that be? How can it be that? Uh, somebody's beyond human aid and yet I'm supposed to try to help them as best I can. Well, this is the way I understand that today. Um, People have helped me so much. Words that people have spoken, not even directly to me perhaps, um, but I've heard things that have been said that resonated with me and that I needed to hear And I look on that as the work of the God of my not understanding. Um, My higher power doesn't really have much to do with any religion, um, but is very real to me. So um, I believe that it's that higher power, my BFF, who, who lets me hear things that I need to hear that are said by other humans who are trying to help. And when I, that carries over into my attempts to try to help other people, I'm I'm trying to remember to constantly ask my higher power what to say and what not to say when I'm interacting with another person, whether it's a 12-step person or whether it's a family member or whoever it is, what to say and what not to say, uh, when to speak up and when to zip it. And God often tells me to zip it. This is not the time. Just listen. And then sometimes and often God tells me to ask a question and then just zip it and listen to the answer. So um, I think there's probably something really important there. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Priscilla. And could you tell me the state you're from, please? Oh, yes, New Jersey. Beautiful New Jersey. Thank you, Priscilla. <laughs> Rona Thank D., you're up next, followed by Pete B. Go ahead, Rona. Hi, this is Rona D. from Ireland. Hopefully I can be heard. Oh, could you spell um, your name quick, um, your first name? Yeah, B-R-O-N-A-G-H, a good Irish name. Beautiful. All right, thank you so much. Thank Go you ahead. So much. Thanks for hearing me, and thanks for your service, Bruna D. in Ireland. So seriously alcoholic, you know, I, I think the food is so socially acceptable, and it was so socially acceptable for me to be in my disease and to hide it and control it, that I could just persuade, or the disease persuaded me that it wasn't that bad. It's not that bad. It's only happened some days, weekends, whatever. 
but this is a serious a heart as a heart attack because yeah it brought me to the gates of insanity and death and and life was becoming impossible life became impossible and in the middle of the road solution yeah it's 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 more helpful for me to think of half measures half measures availed me of nothing you know half measures don't get me half recovery half measures avail me of nothing and what my higher power god of my understanding calls me to to do today is, is to be all in so like with the poker chips everything in the whole lot surrender abandoned you know will and life all handed over and and there's no keeping my options open one foot in one foot out it's it's what would you have me do today how would you have me be you know get on the meeting and 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 speak up and and share that's that that was my direction today and and yeah it's it's all in and my sponsor had me write at the bottom of this page am i willing to do whatever it takes to accept spiritual help and absolutely i was on that day when she asked me that question and absolutely i am today because of myself i'm powerless of myself the gates of insanity or death are right in front of me but of my higher powers help there's a way out there's hope there's light and and there's freedom and and there's the company of all of you guys with me on the road so i'm grateful for that and i'll pass there thanks so much thank you so much brona pete you're up next and we'll see if we have room for a couple more or at least one more go ahead pete all right rick thanks man appreciate it thanks for your service my name is pete b i'm a compulsive to eat or recover today by god's grace and mercy and uh thanks for taking the meeting and you know i always love when the big book uses the word if right because if if implies that there's conditions right and it, and, it, and you know and, and many times you know we overlook the fact that there you know it, there, there there are conditions associated right like, so if you are seriously alcoholic as we were you know the big book lays out the problem right in the doctor's opinion and and and, and in bill's story it talks about the significance um, and the progressiveness of the illness, and, and even to this point, it's given you the option, right, to figure, are you or are you not? And it's going to continue going on, you know, and more about alcoholism and we agnostics because I think, you know, the, the person suffering is so deceived and so baffled by the condition that it, it takes a lot of information and it takes a lot of experience to come to the conclusion that you are, in fact, seriously alcoholic, right, or seriously a compulsive overeater. Right, and then it puts the thing, middle of the road solution. What does that mean? Middle of the road solution. What's a middle of the road solution? You know, the, the fact is, is that you know, I have an allergy of the body. Can't use substances in any quantity, way, shape, or form and then, at, at any point in time because they produce an abnormal effect coupled with a mind that tells me I don't have that physical condition, right? So the, there's no middle of the road. Can't use the substance at all. Right. And, and, you know, what we often point to is like the steps of the solution. And, you, you know, I like in my, you know, my assessment, the steps aren't the solution. The steps are the process that produces the solution. The solution is having a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. 
right? So the solution isn't the reach around calls and the sponsor and the sponsee and the fourth step and the fifth step and the making of amends. That's the process that we put in place in order to arrive at the solution. And the solution is having the relationship with the God of our understanding that provides us an opportunity to match calamity with serenity. Right? We can get all caught up in the, you know, the who, the what, the how, and why, and how I do things, and this and that, and all those things. But the fact of the matter is, is that in order to recover and stay recovered from this condition, I have to have a spiritual experience. Or if if this if if the process is providing me the 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 you know the the solution, well then I'm focusing on the process and not really the product of the process. I'm glad I'm sharing in the first hour because I'd like to go back in here and hear like if if I'm just uh, you know still groggy from last night. But the fact you know like that, that's what I'm coming up with. So I'll leave some time on the clock with that. I'll pass. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Pete. We have time for. Uh, one more, maybe a little less than three-minute share, but if someone wants to take that, it's all yours. Still open. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is, Hi, this is Pamela. Uh, no, there was someone talking right before you, Pamela. Who was the one that started talking first there? And I didn't get your oh. name. Oh, man, it was Allison. And I was like, yeah, Pamela, <laughs> took it. Um, hi, I'm Allison, and I'm from Connecticut. Um, okay, I am, all right, go ahead. Thank you so much, and I will make it quick. This is the first time I'm sharing on the line, um, but I've been listening for years, but not really um, – being so active, definitely in relapse right now. Um, but the but the messages were amazing today, and I just wanted to thank everybody for their for their shares because you know they say you get what you need, and I can't really explain how um, right on point my higher power is speaking through everybody here. Like the images, the one duck, the two doors, you know, the the, the part about effort, and um, you know just being willing to do it even though I don't want to. That really really speaks to me. Uh, today and I just am so grateful for for everybody on the line and that you guys are here every day uh, and on recorded lines and the messages of of hope and recovery are just so powerful on this um, call and I'm just really really grateful for everything I heard today and I feel uh, I feel kind of charged up to to get to work and also you know get back in touch with my higher power and and figure out how to how to make that happen so thank you thank you thank you and um, i hope everybody has a great day thanks for being here all right allison thanks for taking us out pamela sorry um if if you uh could hop on the second hour it'd be awesome um anyway uh thank you to everyone who shared please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing the share id for today monday september 5th 2022 is 19,367. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jack W. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thanks, Rick. Uh, Jack W. in Florida, great meeting. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.